Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the IA Cast. All right, with me today, we have our usuals, and we have a, a new person joining us. So, for our group today, we have uh, Taylor Arndt. Hello, everyone. We have Jason Earls. Hello, everyone. We have Lauren Flinner. Hello, everyone. And we have Michael Babcock. Welcome, Hello. Michael. Thank you. Yeah, it's a, nice to have a new voice on the show. So, yeah, really definitely. awesome. Yeah. You know, it's kind of cool that uh, you know we're episode 160 and, you know, new person. So, that's really awesome. Great. Um, so this show today is going to be completely dedicated to our usual news segment because I feel like we've got a lot of news to talk about. And, uh, Google had their Google IO event this week. And, uh, just from their keynote, um, speeches, we got a lot of information and they did a lot of talks about accessibility. Um, but I feel like we, we got a lot of information, but we also didn't get a lot of information. So, what I want to do is go around and and see what people thought was most interesting that we got from the show. And it doesn't matter if, you know, it's multiple, you know, if people think the some of the theme, same things were interesting. Because, you know, not a lot affects everybody. Because this was a developer conference, right? So, it it's very much a, you know, some things are cool to some people and not to others. So, uh, Jason, what, what were your coolest thoughts? What do you think was coolest at I.O.? Google had an I.O. event? Yeah. Yeah, right. didn't you know about that? No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, I it literally, it's been all over the technology news. Um, but, no, I think, um, for me, one of the neatest, uh, one of the neat things, it's sort of a toss-up for me, because I don't remember what they call it, but they, they've, they're they doing a, um, a project that is, I guess, it's going to allow you to basically have... 3d video calls from what it sounds like so i guess it's it creates sort of like a 3d hologram i guess of a person when you do video calls i thought that was interesting i thought it was interesting the uh ability for you to take a picture of say you know a patch of skin you might have bumps or something on it and your phone will be able to through machine learning try to tell you what may be going on with your uh, with that particular patch of skin whether you oh, have a I didn't know that that's cool yeah yeah so that and i i don't know what was the 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 language processing model right that they that they're doing lambda for the google assistant and giving it that new voice in the that they had demoed the breathing yep. thing yeah the breathing thing i mean Yes, okay. You could argue that Apple's had it for a long time with the Alex voice, but none of the virtual assistants from A-Lady to Google Assistant, you know, none of them breathe. So, it's definitely interesting. So, uh, Taylor, were there anything from, was there anything from the event, the event that you found interesting? I mean, I have to kind of agree with Jason, like I said, that, that uh, skin thing, I mean, you know, just the machine learning in general, Google is definitely excelling in those areas i just set mine off so um but yeah no i really think that the machine learning you know all the other stuff that they're doing is really awesome and um like i said it feels like yes we did get a lot of information but again it kind of doesn't you know like what we were saying earlier so yeah i i kind of agree with jason 
And I actually forgot, too, one of the things I wanted to mention that I thought was interesting, too, is the merging of uh, Teasin OS into uh, Wear OS. Yep. Lauren, what about you? What uh, Did anything stand out to you that you, you find interesting for the Google side of things? Well, everyone kind of stole it. I mean, I think it's really cool. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the, the the skin diagnostic thing, the um, 3D calling. I mean, it's all great. I, I think it's all definitely noteworthy. Yeah. So, Michael, what about you? What what did you find interesting? So, uh, first of all, the, the cool thing about... Google I.O. Uh, that Jason was thinking of is called Project Starline, which I think yes. right there just has an awesome name. I wanted to call um, it like Starlight, and I was like, wait a minute, that doesn't sound right. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> um, but but Starline, and, and I think that's going to be an interesting thing that, that they end up doing. We'll see, we'll see where it goes. Uh, the uh, Project Lambda, I think is how you pronounce that, uh, intrigued me. Not so much for the breathing of the assistant, but more for the fact that you can have natural conversation with assistant. Because uh, I don't know how many times I have asked Google Assistant or a lady uh, to do something, and she says, uh, I'm sorry, I don't understand that. Uh, I, we kind of witnessed that before we went live uh, <laughs> shortly, oh, yeah, uh, even though it true. wasn't related to <laughs> that. Uh, so that's that's pretty cool. And then the other thing that I'm intrigued to see I'm nervous about it when it comes to accessibility, but I'm intrigued to see how they implement accessibility with the new Google Workspace features to be able to have one place to go to plan out a project and uh, make that project come to fruition. So uh, those are the things that I'm, I'm kind of excited about. What about you, Michael? What, what intrigues you? So I guess for me, all of it, you know, everything that we've heard about Google, the, the one thing about Google is machine learning is their bread and butter, right? That search and machine learning, that that's what they do. You know, they have TensorFlow, they have uh, Tesseract, they have all these other, you know, ways of, of recognizing objects and text and things like that. And so you would think that, uh, you know, they would be utilizing that a lot more and they are, but, um, you know, it's all reliant on the cloud. And so one of the things that I've, I'm very interested in is what they're doing with Android and Android 12. Uh, we, we, we've gone over all these other things, but we haven't really talked about Android 12. And the public beta is now live. And um, they've added uh, new phones. I believe some OnePlus phones now have it. Uh, you can install the beta on, and I believe it's, uh, I believe the brand, and I'm going to butcher the pronunciation, uh, I believe it's Xiaomi, a Chinese brand, uh, I believe, is now being allowed to use the Android 12 beta program. So that's pretty exciting, and it's very interesting that we're not seeing that on Samsung, but I think it's because of how much Samsung really, you know, changes the experience for Android, so. Mm -hmm. I kind um, of miss the Play edition of their smartphones. Yeah, those were nice. But it's interesting that, you know, we're looking at a combination of Tizen OS and Wear OS into one product for those watches because it might mean that Samsung may, you know, push back more to the stock Android side for their phones, maybe. Maybe. So, I don't know. Uh, it's, it's very interesting. And, you know, Android 12 has a new redesign as far as look and feel. And to me, it just seems snappier. It's fast. It, it just... Uh, they have changed magnification gestures. I meant to go and check that out before the podcast, but I didn't really have the time. So I've been meaning to check that out. And there are, uh, you know, 
from what I understand, TalkBack, it really hasn't changed much at this point. No, not really. Honestly, like from a TalkBack standpoint, and maybe it's just me, I mean, I, <laughs> it's no secret that my Pixel is not my primary device, but, you know, when I've used it, it hasn't really felt any more responsive or any less responsive than when I was running Android 11, so... That's interesting. I, I will probably go install the beta on my Pixel 3 XL because I just want to know what that experience is like. Uh, but you're right. The the big talkback updates came in the fall of yeah. last year. So I'm intrigued to see what type of, of talkback updates we'll see with the release of Android 12 to the public and with this combination of Tizen and Wear OS, I'm, I'm curious if there will finally be an accessible wearable option for mm -hmm. TalkBack users. Right. And more than that, I mean, it'll make Wear OS hopefully even more able to compete with the Apple Watch in general. Because, I mean, honestly, in the in the smartwatch space, Apple's kind of killing it right now. Well, and... and and after the announcements they made this week, they're going to be just destroying it. <laughs> that is so true. Uh, the Apple Watch is what brought me back from Android after 18 months on Android to iOS. It's it's one of the biggest reasons. You're right. After those announcements this week, I think accessibility on the Apple Watch is... Oh, with the assistive touch yeah. stuff yeah, and everything? Yeah, the assistive touch. Talk about that, Jason, because I'm sure you've read all about it. I know you read all the articles and things. Oh my god, I'm not the only fanboy on the show. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so Apple Watch is going to be able to be controlled with assistive touch based on what Apple said in the announcement. It's going to use things like the um the I think it's supposed to use things like the heart the heart rate sensor. I almost called it the hardware sensor. Um and the uh Well it is a hardware sensor, but for hardware. Well, rate, yes, yes, but you know. <laughs> but the uh accelerometer i think it's supposed mm -hmm. to be able to you it's supposed to be able to use that too you'll be able to control the apple watch with um with different finger pinching gestures and clenching of the fist i guess mm -hmm. um without having to uh actually touch the apple watch display so i that seems like it's it's going to be a really great um feature for people that uh that rely on assistive touch yeah that's really neat i mean the future of that, the possibilities it'll it'll open up for people, you know, who need it. It's mm -hmm. great. Well, and not just that, and we'll get back to Google in just a second. But imagine the possibility of using your phone uh, or using your watch during a workout, and if you're low vision or have no vision, and you you need to stop the workout or check the stats or things like that. If you could just do that while you're on a treadmill without having to use both hands to to work on your watch or do things like that, imagine the possibilities there. And that's why I didn't I'm, think about that. That's why I'm saying, um, you know, Apple is just going to be destroying everybody in the wearable market right now with that those new assistive touch features. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I actually thought of something like that too. But at first, I dismissed it because I was like, well, you know, if you're if you're trying to check stats during workouts or whatever, what if it misinterprets your hand motions as attempting to do assistive touch? But, you know, Apple is generally very good about being able to d determine that. So I actually have turned on fall. I, I don't know if it's on right now. I don't remember, but I had fall detection on before and I've never had a false positive. So yeah, I've, I've had it on before and I've only once, um, you know, had a false, false positive, but 
it's worth it. I mean, they, they do some mm-hmm. amazing work. Yeah, and I'm just glad to see, you know, I, I, I really hope that, you know, merging these two OSs together, Tizen, Tizen, however you pronounce it. I assume it's Tizen. Tizen, um, yeah. But, you know, Tizen and Wear OS together, if they get the if if that merger becomes the best of those of both of those operating systems, you know, I really for the sake of both Android Wear um, relevance and improving, and also to give you know help the Apple Watch improve as Android Wear becomes better competition for it. I really hope this works in Google's favor. So, what would it take? This goes for all of us because we're all, you know, we some of us use Google and Apple. Um, but I'm kind of curious, Michael, what would it take for for Google to do for you to just say, I've had it, I'm not going to use Apple anymore. I'm just going to go to Google because they've just done so much. What would it take? That's a simple question. It's the same thing that I've been saying since the beginning. If I could copy and paste from anywhere in the operating system with TalkBack, then I would I would gladly jump over to Android, mainly because it gives me the flexibility that I have. Uh, I think we've gotten, for the most part, and I mean, so I guess let me take that back. If I could copy and paste anywhere in the operating system and web views were reliable, um, then I would definitely jump back over because those are the, the two primary reasons with my Apple Watch uh, as well that I switched back over is I got tired of having to do convoluted ways of copying and pasting from Android uh, different elements on, on a web page or something. Now, I will say... The reason that it would make me switch over or, or drop Apple is because I've also found instances where I can't copy and or select text in iOS on different pages or, or different views as well. So if, if Android could get that down, I think then I would be a happy camper. You know, and I have to agree, you know, visually even selecting and selecting text on iOS is cumbersome. I should be able to double tap at the beginning place that I want to start selecting and then drag down to where I want to stop selecting and then grab the handles and drag. That should be a thing, but it's it's not always that easy. And on Android, it really just is. So Especially with Zoom. It mm-hmm. can be a, a really big hassle on iOS with Zoom, mm-hmm. trying to select text. I actually prefer selecting text with VoiceOver in iOS because you've got two ways to select text. You've got, you know, the rotor method where you tell where you turn the rotor to text selection and then you can choose I think you've what is it you flick up and flick down yep. to tell voiceover what to select by and then you can flick right to select and left to stop selecting. Yep. Um but I tend to use a lot of the time the uh two finger pinch method. So I'll set my granularity and I will pinch my fingers out to select by the chosen granularity. In some ways, I find that faster. And I definitely agree with you, uh, Michael Babcock, about web views. I mean, they've gotten better, but there's still some times where I'll be reading and I have to stop reading for a second. And I go to touch the screen and TalkBack just doesn't read any of the web content. And it. I'll try to touch, you know, because in iOS, I could touch my finger about where I stopped. I might get a line or two off, but I can touch. And that's another thing. I can literally drag my finger around the screen on a line-by-line basis. And, you know, I can fairly quickly get to reading where I left off, and I find it much harder to do in Android. So is there any particular, you know, 
one of the things, you know, I'll preface this question with with this commentary that, you know, one of the things, you know, they, they're talking about Android 12 now, but, uh, you know, most phones are barely running Android 11. So, like, my favorite Android phone, the Surface Duo, you know, I don't even think it's running, I don't even know if it's running 11. So, um, you know, that's a big deal. Is that a, kind of a deal breaker for you guys that you cannot get the latest version of Android on all the different phones out there except for, like, the Pixels? Oh, yeah. I think for me it is, too, but I'm also a very heavy iOS user. But at the same time, I understand, like, there's some advantages to that. You know, I was reading an uh, an article that was talking about this, too, and they're like, you know, if you think about it, one of the disadvantages of, or rather, one of the advantages of not necessarily getting the latest version of Android thrust upon you as soon as it's available is stability. You know, if the version of Android that you're running is very stable, you can still get upgrades to features and improvements without necessarily losing some of the stability you get from the particular version you're running, whereas something like iOS, you know, you've got 14, you install, say, 14 point, I don't know, 5.1, and then, I don't know, you're, I'm, I'm just making this up, but your Wi-Fi stops working or whatever. So I think, for me, I would rather have the newest version of the operating system, but I also understand both sides of the argument, so... What's your take on it, Michael? What? How do you feel well, on this? I, I, I will definitely share my thoughts. I was waiting for one of the other two young ladies to jump in, but uh, I, I will jump in here. So the the thing is, is I don't care if the devices I'm not using don't get the latest, and that that may very well be very selfish, but to me. I'm going to do what I can do to get a device from a manufacturer, and typically it's going to be Google, that will support the latest version of Android, and that I can almost guarantee that will be the case. Um, and then I, I think about some of these other devices out there that don't support the latest version of Android, or going back to Jason's example i believe this is the case someone correct me if i'm wrong but let's say 12 comes out and is live on the pixel and all of a sudden you have a wi-fi issue i believe you can go back to 11 whereas with ios you can only go back as long as apple will let you once you once you've upgraded yes i think you can even if you had to use the flash tool i think you could go back Mm mm-hmm you may have to erase your data but yeah i don't think they i think they do do some uh protection-based things, but I don't think they sign their releases the same way that Apple does. I agree with Michael B. I mean, because like I said, um, you know, the other thing is that, uh, like, you want to get the devices, like I said, that are up-to-date, and yeah, I will get the device that will be, you know, from the manufacturer, because chances are they'll be running stock Android, and usually stock Android is more accessible than something like Samsung or other, you know, manufacturers where they modify the heck out of the Android experience. I'm totally pro pixel. <laughs> so, Lauren, what's your take on on this? Would you um, like you know say you you've heard that the Samsung was the easier one to use, but you know that stock Android has more accessibility possibly and more system updates. How would how would you approach that? Yeah, um, I think I would honestly go with more accessibility. I think. I mean, overall, that's the most important thing to me, um, even if it is a lower version or less stable or, or whatever the case is. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the thing about Samsung is they're getting a lot better, but there's still a lot of, a lot of other brands out there that, 
make uh, changes to the OS. And, and that's why, if people don't know that watch the show, that's why Android doesn't get updated as much as there's, there's three, I believe, three levels of Android development. So Google comes out with Android 12 later this year. So then the carriers do their thing to it. Oh, no, wait. I, I think it's the manufacturers. The manufacturers get a hold of it. They make their changes. And then the carriers go in and they make their changes. So you're looking at six months to a year of development after Google does their things to it. And then they upload it to their update store so that Samsung and other devices can get those updates. You kind of are looking at, you know, if you get a device that Google, you know, does stock Android with, you're making sure that you get the most up-to-date device because... When Android 12 comes out, it comes out. You're not having to wait for, uh, I don't remember the name of the launcher for Samsung anymore. It used to be TouchWiz, but it's not anymore. Isn't it One UI or something like that now? Something like that, yeah. So you don't have to wait for them to update that. So, And I guess you could also argue, too, that with an Android device, if it's not running a version of Android you want, okay, fine, root it and install a ROM. But, you know, that that's... I would classify that as something that would be a bit more advanced that a lot of people may not want to deal with. Mm -hmm. Um, And so. The thing with Android, though, that I think all of us uh, both on here and listening need to keep in mind is, is yes, we are concerned about, you know, uh, getting a device that's supported by a manufacturer that will support the latest Android or, or we have our thoughts on that. Um, And I suspect that everyone else here has experienced this but sometimes you might have a family member who reaches out to you and says hey what what phone should i get i don't want an iphone uh so having that that knowledge of what's going to be what's going to support the latest operating system is important for any tech person i think uh who might be supporting their family or friends you've also got you know people like my girlfriend no, she has the Galaxy S, what does she have? The S21, I think. And she's not going to get Android 12 right away. I do believe she will get it. Um, but she's not going to be getting it right away. And she's not a heavy updater. I mean, you know, from a, from a security standpoint, you know, everybody's like update, update, update. But, you know, from her standpoint, it's if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Or rather, if it ain't broke, don't update it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know... I, I'm I'm just gonna stop and and say something, and uh, this is quite. And I don't know if anybody else has thought of this, or if I'm the last one on the train to to figure this out. I think I finally figured out why they called the S20. What's that? Because they went from the S10, I believe, to the S20. Makes perfect sense now that I think about it. 2020. Mm. Well, yeah. maybe. And yep. now the S21, 2021. Never yep. thought about it until just now. <laughs> Maybe. I, I bet you that's why they did it. Because, you know, there's no there's no reason to go from S10 to S20. I mean, they could have gone to S11, S12, but they went to S20. So, yeah, uh, I, I think that's kind of uh, probably why they did that. I mean, it does make sense. Mm-hmm. So, um... Yeah, it, and here's the thing, you know, like you were saying, Jason, uh, I would honestly recommend Samsung to a lot of people because even if it doesn't get the la- latest versions, a lot of people don't care. They'll still get security updates, and so that's important. 
But, um, you know, they're going to get the experience they're looking for with the most ease of use. And that visually, that's one of the things, you know, if, if a person's a techie, I'll always tell them Google Pixel or they're slightly techie. But if they're just a regular user, I'll tell them, check out the Samsung stuff. They've got a lot of really good, you know, options. Um, you know, if you, the person is a totally sighted user. And to be fair, they have fixed a lot of their screen reader based uh, problems. It doesn't tell you you have to have accessibility features turned off to use these features on a lot of their stuff now, from what I've been told. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The last time I had to use a Samsung device at work when I had my old job. Yeah. Kind of a nightmare. I had yeah, I mean Go ahead, Lauren. I was a Samsung user for two years and then I switched back to the iPhone and um you know, it was it was great for a while, and then they broke it, and then they fixed it again. And I definitely would go back at least to just check it out. But um, they've got a long way to go still, but they're working on it. <laughs> I I remember having an S8, and I was using I had magnification gestures turned on, and I tried to use their S Pay or whatever they call it for paying for things like Apple Pay, and it really said, and I'm not kidding, you must turn off accessibility features to use Samsung S Pay. Yep. I remember that. It was very frustrating. <laughs> and didn't they make you turn that off, turn off accessibility features as well to use their tap to wake feature? The always on display. To wake feature, always, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Michael, I, I find it interesting you would recommend a Samsung device to a sighted user because uh, my son ended up in, he's younger, but he has a phone because he travels. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so that's the primary reason why he has one. But he ended up with a 3AXL and that is running him pretty well still, uh, for the things he's doing. So I'm, I'm wondering if maybe his next phone should be a Samsung or if I can convert him to the dark side. I mean, Apple. <laughs> uh, and the cool thing about it is, is his sister uses, uh, iOS. His mom uses iOS. His stepdad uses Android and I'm on iOS and you know, he can communicate with all of us in the video way that he prefers to communicate. That's a, that's a whole nother topic. How kids nowadays don't want to use phones. They want to talk <laughs> to you on video because they right. can, uh, but he can do that. That because of cross-platform apps, and I think that's very helpful. What do you guys use, like Duo? Yeah, we're using Duo to chat, um, and it's accessible on both platforms. Mm-hmm. Which is you know, even the, the reason why I say you know Samsung's a good option is because visually, it's very—at least it used to be—very similar visually to an iPhone. Yes. Um, in fact, uh, there were lawsuits when Samsung came out with their S line of phones because they looked very much like iPhones. They had to change them up a bit, but, um, you know, I think, I think Android, um, actually was the first to come out. I could be wrong. I don't remember if it was Android or the iPhone 10 that came out with the, uh, no home button, uh, all soft buttons. I think it was actually Android. It, it was, was still- Android because my Nexus 4 had all soft buttons that were made with the software rather than the mm-hmm. capacitive soft buttons some of the Samsungs had. Yeah. And, you know, so it, it's interesting, you know, seeing the differences. But, uh, you know, a lot of people really like the Samsung phones just because of the ease of use compared to, and they don't really, ca- a lot of people don't care that it uses Android. They're like, oh, I got my phone. It does what I need it to do. I don't need it to have new bells and whistles. Yeah. I'll, I'll wait to get that once I get my new phone. And that's the way a lot of Android users think. I mean, and- the interface is all, the, that's mm-hmm. what people get it for. 
not the OS. Right, the customization of the interface. Exactly. That, yes. Thank you. That makes sense. Yeah. Yep. The, mm-hmm. Now let me let me state for the record, I have never used a Samsung uh, phone. I almost said a device, but we had a Samsung TV. So I've never <laughs> used a Samsung phone. The closest I have come to is that PWA I shared with you, Michael. That's that's the closest that I have used a Samsung device. Mm-hmm. I will say one of the things that I really would like Google to address. Uh, and I don't know how the Samsung keyboard is, but I feel like typing on my Pixel is an extremely slow process compared to my yep. iPhone. It's not pleasant. Like yeah, they don't—they don't have as. I mean, they've gotten better, but it's not. It used to be worse, guys. It used to be a lot worse. The interesting thing is with um, Google, you can completely replace the keyboard. Unlike you know iOS, you can change how the keyboard looks through third-party keyboards. But with um, uh, Android, you can completely replace all of these things. Right. And now that you have the TalkBack Braille keyboard available, it, it makes things easier in that, in some, in some cases of that aspect. But sometimes I don't want to switch to the other keyboards. I just want to type my stuff and yeah. be done <laughs> with it. But it's slow. You know, one of the things that we didn't talk about, um, you know, switching gears a little bit is... Apparently, they've also made a lot of changes to search. Uh, they're doing a lot with, uh, they're changing how search is going to work. And I don't know what that looks like, but I'm sure for us website design people, that's going to be a big thing. So I'm, I'm going to be very interested to see what they do there. It's very interesting because there was talk that they were going to release their new um, in-house chip for their Pixel devices at this uh, conference, at this uh, event. I don't remember the name of the chip, but um, they were supposed to come out with something like the Apple Silicon chip but made by Google and we have not seen that. So it's very interesting that uh, um, that was announced or was not announced. Yeah. Cause I, I really want to see what that chip can do. I really do from a purely what can it do? I'm a tech nerd standpoint. I, I want, I want to see this thing or at least see what others have been able to do with this thing. Did you guys see the stuff about Google assistant? Which part? So I guess they are working on allowing you to hold the power button of your phone to activate Google Assistant. It's I've been reading one of the things that you may be able to do eventually is use Google Assistant to power your device off as well using your voice. That's good. Interesting. Yeah, that's uh, that could be very useful. Especially if it like freezes up on you, you could just tell it to power off. Well, like if it responds it when it's frozen, but yeah. Right, yeah. Like my phone did earlier this week, it totally like froze mm-hmm. up. Well, you know, the thing about that is, though, the the thing about Linux and Mac OS and, and iOS is they're Unix-based operating systems. So if one process freezes, it doesn't mean the whole operating system freezes. So you may have more of a chance if you can get the speech services to activate that uh, you can get it to power down. Right. Yeah, but it would kind of be nice being able to say, you know, Hey, assistant, power off, or something along those lines, instead of having to navigate through a whole menu, especially when you're using TalkBack and it thinks you're trying to do something like adjust your speech rate because it didn't like the way you touched your screen. Yep. All right. Um, do you guys have any final comments about Google I.O.? I, I, I personally just want to say first before we get to that, as my comment, I just feel like we didn't, like, you know, Apple, it's usually kind of, earth-shattering. It's like, wow, this is pretty uh, fantastic stuff. And I feel like this is all great, but it's not like 
you know, Google didn't, apparently, I don't think Google had a Google I.O. last year. No, so, nope. So I feel like for not having one, this is just kind of meh. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was some cool stuff, but you know what? What do y'all got? What do y'all think for your final comments today? Yeah, it wasn't. I mean, I don't want to say it wasn't great. I mean, it was. Yeah, it was kind of meh. It wasn't awesome. You know, it wasn't like there's so many. Like I said, it wasn't like what Apple would do in the sense, like for the you know WWDC, where it's like a lot of stuff, and it's like especially again since it hasn't happened in you know two years, like we would. Something fantastic, and it just did not meet that expectation. Yeah, I think the new designs, which we didn't talk about much, I guess widgets are Google's doing some work to make widgets more consistent, um, giving them like rounded corners and things. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, stuff like that is great. I'm not going to say it's not because it is. You know, it's it's. I'm sure for somebody who uses Android more regularly than I do, it's an extremely welcome improvement and stuff. But it was still just kind of like. Meh. And so, you know, I, I I feel like I'm more excited about this rumored Pixel, uh, not Pixel, the the the, the rumored uh, Google custom built chip for the Pixels than the announcements at I/O. Although, being able to talk with uh, a more natural conversation flow with the Google Assistant would be nice. So I guess there's that as well. But yeah, it's kind of kind of meh. But I also kind of feel like that's okay in some respects, because if you consider everything that did happen with the with the pandemic and everything, you know, I've, I I almost feel like kind of a meh event is sort of okay, even if Apple's event was not, or events are not meh. <laughs> um, I think that, yeah, it, it is a little meh, as Jason keeps saying, um... <laughs> But I also feel like they could have had a bit more of a punchline, like, oh, look at this huge new thing that we're doing, and by the way, we have all these sub-features or other things that we're rolling out. You know, it would have been kind of cool to see something a little bit more. Um, On the other hand, though, I do think that a lot of these more specific things, these areas that they are building up, needed to be worked on in the first place. So, um, you know, uh, you know, it doesn't matter when they do it. I'm just glad that, that they are making improvements, so... And I'm I'm a little disappointed. No one was excited that you can talk to a paper airplane <laughs> or Pluto, <laughs> right? Right. No, but seriously though, the thing I I agree. I, the event was very underwhelming. The thing with Google, though, as we all see, is when Apple release or when Apple comes to the plate and brings us WWDC. We can expect that the changes that they're making or the announcements that they're making are likely going to be available by the end of the week for the beta or in the fall for the actual stable version of the next iOS version. With Google, when they make announcements, it's you could see that by the end of the year, maybe next year or the year after, which has its own underwhelming aspects of it too. Uh, but look at Duplex. They announced it and then released it, what, eight months, 10 months later mm-hmm. uh, in select markets. So I'm, I'm intrigued to see what comes of this event, even mm-hmm. though it was underwhelming. I want to know who's using Duplex, actually. I, I, have like I haven't even Duplex. heard anything about it lately. <laughs> 
I have okay. used it, but only two restaurants in our area support um, uh, reservations. But yeah, I have used it. But <laughs> but I think the usability will be increased when Google rolls out this natural language, uh, better natural language processing for more than just making restaurant reservations. And so that's why I'm intrigued to see where it goes. I think it should pull a Steve Jobs and call Starbucks and be like, yeah, I'd like 100,000 lattes, please. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, like, like I said, you know, I'm I'm very I think the most I'm excited about is Android 12 and how things are going to look and feel with the new OS. You know, like you were talking about, Jason, with the new look, um, the new material UI stuff that are making changes to really excited about that. I, I haven't played with it as much as I'd like. Um, I have the beta on my phone, but it's just I haven't read anywhere if they've changed, you know, how easy it is to program for Android or if they've changed things. So until I see those kind of improvements to say, I can program for Android like I can program Swift UI on iOS and Mac, meh. <laughs> the word of the day. Meh. Yeah, pretty much. That's <laughs> like the shortest episode title ever. Meh. <laughs> no, I'm not actually suggesting that be the title of the show, but. <laughs> Google Ice, uh, I, meh, oh. I, meh. <laughs> that's the thing though like i'm not from a talkback perspective i'm not really seeing a lot new mm -hmm. and i think that's also part of why i'm kind of meh because <laughs> we're not going to notice <laughs> we're not going to notice the rounded corners and 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 stuff in the design those of us who have no vision and you know the the thing for me is they've changed how you use magnification gestures which is great but i kind of wish i had a way of no like um on my Pixel 4, I could swipe up from the bottom to turn on the, the service and then tap to zoom in. Great. That was com that's completely gone now. So, like, to magnify my phone, I'm having to, you know, use TalkBack to figure out how to do it because there's no easy way to figure that out at this point. So, that's kind of a problem. Uh, and, and the text size is a bit smaller than iOS. So, you know, I'm having to figure that out. So... Uh, I feel like, you know, when they make big changes like that, they kind of need to, uh, I feel like it needs to be advertised like, look, this is how you do this now. Um, because these things are totally different. So, but that, that's my two cents on these things. And so, um, I think we've had a good discussion on, uh, all these topics today. Um, so I think we're going to go ahead and wrap up the show. But before we go, Jason, what is your pick of the week and where can people find you online? So my pick for the week is actually a specific feature of my, not Google, but rather Apple, obviously, <laughs> MacBook Pro. And my pick is the touch bar. And before all of the booze happen and, and everybody's like, well, Apple's moving away from the touch bar. Well, okay, that's fine. We don't know that for sure, but it does appear that that's going to be the case, but it's still relevant for the amount of time that I have this computer in my possession. So, why am I picking the touch bar? Because after all the time I've owned this machine, I just now started customizing the touch bar and am realizing that there are some things about it I like, even though I would prefer physical function keys. You know, I don't tend to use Launchpad. I don't tend to use um, Mission Control. And so... I can take them off my touch bar. 
and replace them with things that I do use, like a notification center button. So my touch bar layout is display brightness down, display brightness up, spotlight. I believe notification center is next and then do not disturb my media buttons, my volume mute up and down. And these are all things that I use. Now, I do wish that voiceover would give me feedback when I would toggle the um, the do not disturb uh, button. It just says toggle do not disturb. It doesn't say whether it's highlighted when you tap it. I mean, I can check it in the menu bar and stuff, but in customizing, it's kind of a weird, weird um, <laughs> process with voiceover. It's actually easier with voiceover than it is without. Yeah, because... The way, unless anybody knows a better way to do it, I was flicking with voiceover, choosing the things that I wanted to remove from the touch bar because I can't seem to figure out how to do it using the keyboard. And then looking at the buttons inside the thing at the bottom and then tapping on them to add them to the touch bar. So if anybody knows of a uh, easier way to do that, please email us and let us know because I would love to know. And that drag and drop does not work very well with uh, Zoom enabled, so... No, it does not. Yeah, so that is my 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 pick. And as far as where people can find me, you can find me producing content for iAccessibility. You can email me at jason at iAccessibility.net. You can follow me on Twitter at JDE, that's Juliet Delta Echo 91. And if you happen to run into me on Clubhouse, feel free to say hi. All right. And uh, Taylor, what is your pick for this week and where can people find you online? So my pick this week is the iPhone 12 Pro, which I'm currently in the process, before I just lost internet uh, just a second ago, I'm in the process of actually ordering it. Um, so I really needed a new phone. I had a 10R, and it was kind of uh, getting ready to take a dump. And because I need my phone for both personal and business use, it's imperative that it works. So I figured that I needed to upgrade the phone. And I didn't really want to wait till the 13 because obviously they'd be super expensive. And I I don't know. So that's kind of why I just wanted to go with that. Plus, like I said, everybody else in the family was upgrading. And Sprint gave us a huge deal. Or Sprint Sprint Mobile, T-Mobile, whatever you want to call them mobile. this week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, T-Sprint. Whatever you want to call them this week. Uh, so that's kind of why we did that. Everybody upgraded the phone at the same time. In terms of where you can find me online, you can find me all over the web. Uh, so... You can find me producing content for iAccessibility. You can email me, taylor at iAccessibility.net. You can find me on Twitter, taylor underscore aren't 22. Uh, you can find me on Clubhouse. And if you do, please say hi. I'm all over. Um, and you can find my YouTube channel, Taylor's Tech Talks. And you can visit my website. TaylorArnt.com. So, out of curiosity, what color phone are you getting? Oh, I haven't decided that yet. What okay. color should I get? Purple. Pacific oh. blue. Um, purple. The, oh, they don't have purple in the pros. Oh, um, oh is it just the 12? Mm-hmm. Oh. Yep, just the 12. Um, so, they have the the gold looks really nice. Um, the, the sides of it actually have a very nice stainless steel gold color. So it's one of the only gold phones I'd recommend on the pros. The white and silver uh, look really nice, and the blue looks really nice. Okay. I'm just kind of meh about the space gray. It's just kind of blah. So. Yeah. Okay, yeah, well. The three others are very nice-looking phones. Yeah, I'll, I'm going to figure that out. Again, I have to start my order again because I lost internet, so. Mm -hmm. eh. Hey, at least they don't charge you for 
deciding on a color. Right. Right. (laughs) All right, Michael, what is your pick for the week and where can people find you online? Okay, so my pick for the week is a tool on Windows called called Auto Hotkey, and I just went down the rabbit hole of reading the documentation. I'm excited to get this up and running, mainly because I've been a longtime Text Expander user, and my experiences with Text Expander on the Mac, or, well, my experiences with Text Expander on Windows have been. Uh, let's add the word of the day here. Meh. Uh, actually, quite <laughs> disappointing. <laughs> but, uh, and then on Windows or, or on the Mac, it's been about the same uh, with some changes that they made. And an auto hotkey is a great tool that you can use. You do have to write uh, out the text that you want to fill in, but you also have more flexibility of being able to set uh, their demo is using control J uh, right now. Control J will automatically fill my email in. I know it makes zero sense, but I'm one of those nerds who uh, they tell you, here's how you do this, right? Hello world. And I say, well, the problem I need to solve is to fill in my email address quickly. So I'm not going to write, hello world i'm going to write in my email address and hope that works uh so that's why that's set up and and it's a great tool to automate your work on windows so uh auto hotkey it is free and there's plenty of documentation out there on the web how people can find me is my website mainly yourownpay.com y-o-u-r-o-w-n-p-a-y.com apparently guesting on uh is guesting a word on accessibility uh the ia cat and on Twitter at Payom, P-A-Y-O-W-N, and periodically on Clubhouse. All right. Uh, Lauren, what is your pick for this week, and where can people find you online? My pick is Canva. Um, It is a graphic design type tool. Um, You can make logos. You can make social media banners. You can make color palettes. What else? Facebook banners, YouTube things. Um... And the reason I like it is because as someone with a visual impairment, the user interface is great. It's got a lot of contrast. It's pretty simple to use. Um, They have a free version and then they also have a paid plan. But really for everything that I need to do, the free plan is perfect. One thing that I really like about Canva is the fact that I can take color palettes from Canva and use it on websites or apps or whatever I need it for um, because I'm not that great with color. So, um, yeah, that's my pick for this week. And um, where people can find me, you can find me um, producing content for eye accessibility. You can find me on Twitter at Lauren Flenner 10. You can find me on Instagram, Lauren Flenner 10. And you can email me at Lauren Flenner at iaccessibility.net. All right. Uh, my pick for this week is a, I'm going to do what Taylor did and pick something I have I don't have just yet. Uh, I'm about to be ordering a new, I believe it's going to be the Toshiba 32-inch Amazon Fire TV edition uh, television. So I need a new bedroom TV, and I'm pretty excited about this. So I'm going to be putting in that order this week. So uh, a new TV will be in my near future. So I'm really excited about this. Eventually, I'm going to get the new Apple TV 4K, put that in my living room, and move my other one to the bedroom. And I'm also going to have to replace, I'm going to get two new Siri remotes. So I'm really excited about that. So updates all around. So pretty excited. 
As for where people can find me, you can find me producing content for accessibility. You can email me at Mike Doeys. That's M-I-K-E-D-O-I-S-E at uh, iaccessibility.net. You can find me on Twitter as Mike Doeys. You can find me all over the web. Just search for Michael Doeys on Facebook and other places. I'm uh, under Michael Doeys on Clubhouse. And, you know, it, I, I want to tell a little story before we wrap up today. And it's kind of kind of fun. So, back whenever I was uh, very young, in like 1994 or around there, uh, I heard about this thing called Hotmail. And I'm like, you know what? I'll just, you know, get my first email account whenever I was like 11. So, I did that. And uh, I I got it at the School for the Blind and kept it for a while. And so uh, I said, you know what? I wonder if I remember the password to to log back into that account. And I actually uh, was able to log in to that account a few weeks ago. And so like I regained my first ever email address since 1994. It's now, you know, moved over to an outlook.com address. So it's like Mike Doeys at outlook.com, but you can still use the Hotmail address. So it's like, man, that like, it's one of the earliest emails using, you know, HTML pages. And so it's kind of neat just being able to revive such a thing. So I, I figured I'd share that before we wrapped up today because it's kind of a fun, you know, it's like, well, and, and before we go, what is your oldest email addresses, uh, Jason? My oldest email account, I think, would actually be a Hotmail account back in, like, 2007, which, I mean, is relatively new, I guess. But, yeah, I think it was that in Hotmail. Okay. Michael, what about you? What, what You don't have to give out your account, but, like, what is the first email address you've ever had? The first one I've ever had would have been in 2000, no, probably 99. Yep. Yeah, it was our local ISP that we had, and I got an email from them, and it would have been in 1999. It was Mauki, M-O-U-K-I, at i-5connect.com, which you can email that all day long. I don't even think (laughs) it'll go through. But for those who didn't know, Mauki, M-O-U-K-I, is blind turtle in Japanese. Oh, wow. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, And uh, Lauren, what about you? Oh boy. Um, my, (laughs) my first email was a Gmail. I'm boring. Um, and then I think before that, my mom and I had a joint account, um, when I was, you know, younger, but, um, yeah, I don't have any fun ones. (laughs) I would have laughed if you had said like my first email account was a Gmail account. I just made it like five minutes ago. No, <laughs> you know, which I, re- I mean, you have an Apple ID, so obviously, but I remember still. when Gmail was in beta and you had to be invited. Yeah, that was like the cool thing. If you could get someone to send you an invitation, man. right? <sighs> hey, hey, I think we're here again. What's that thing called? Oh, Clubhouse, <laughs> right? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Taylor, what about you? What was your first email and how long ago was it? I had a uh, hot, uh, what was a Hotmail account. Um, that actually got hacked. So I actually don't even have access anymore because when I was like, again, I had to make it when I was 10 because I had to deal with some stuff with the state and that required me to have an email address, but it got hacked. So, um, Taylor aren't something, something at hotmail.com, but it was so hacked basically that it was just wasn't able to work. Yeah. So 
I don't have access because it got hacked big time. But it's just kind of neat just to look back right. and see what your your old. And I don't even know. know how long ago it was. Yeah. So here's here's a question, Michael. Do you have any old spam from 1994? <laughs> you know what? Account? You know what? I will report back on that on a different podcast because I'm kind of curious now. I'm kind of <laughs> curious what the first email in that inbox is at this point. Right. <laughs> That's really interesting. I want to go back and find mm-hmm. out now. What, like, how far back does that email go? So, uh, really interesting stuff. So they, I will. They, they probably purged it when they switched you over to Outlook. So I'm I'm interested to hear what what it is. Now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, we we I will uh, bring this up on the next episode of the IA Cast. So can't be like open up this email and you'll get a free 30 minute session with America Online. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. You've got mail. Um, all right, we are going to go ahead and wrap up this episode, but I want to thank everybody for being here. Uh, Michael, thanks for being on the show. It was an awesome uh, show, having you, uh, awesome time having you here on your first episode. So we hope you come back. Hope we, hopefully, we didn't scare you off. So um, I was just hoping I didn't dominate the conversation. I apparently have a problem with that. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're fine. Totally great. So uh, I want to thank everybody for being here and we will be back in two weeks with another episode of the IA cast. So thank you so much everybody and have a great day. Bye guys. Bye everyone. Bye. Bye. This show has been brought to you by the IA cast network. We love hearing from you. Email us at feedback at iaccessibility.net. Got Twitter? Follow us at iaccessibility1. Facebook, search for iAccessibility. Download our free apps for iOS and Android and keep up with all of our content at iAccessibility.net. If you'd like to donate to our show, hit the PayPal button on our website and get early access to our outtakes with a donation at patreon.com slash iacast. Thanks for listening.